0: The The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. If you're from Israel, you know the name of the person I'm going to talk about. Those of you not from Israel may have read about her. The story of Miriam Peretz. A story has been written up in a book called Miriam's Song. It's been translated into languages throughout the world. She was almost elected the the president of Israel in the last presidential elections. That's her fame in Israel and how much she's loved in Israel. Who is Miriam Peretz? She was born in Morocco. She immigrated to Israel as a young girl with parents who were poor and illiterate. As a teenager, she took minimal jobs, jobs that just paid the minimal wage, did what people didn't want to do. And she used the money to buy appliances and other necessary items for her parents and to go to a school. And she threw herself into studies. There was plenty that Miriam could have complained about, but she didn't. She focused on her studies. She focused on the future. She became close with all of her classmates. She was focused on working and on studying. Eventually, she earns two degrees. She got married. She raised a family. She helped build an Israeli community in the Sinai, which then had to be evacuated when the peace agreement was signed with Egypt in 1979. So the Peretz family relocates to a small suburb in Jerusalem. She accepts a teaching position at a local school and soon becomes a very popular principal of that school. She's fully engaged in her career and raising her family. Everything is going fine for Miriam Peretz until tragedy strikes. Her oldest son, Oriel, was killed by a terrorist during his army service. That dreaded knock on the door came as army representatives arrived at her home to give Miriam and her husband the unbearable news life of the Peretz family would not be the same after that. There would always be Oriel's empty chair at the Shabbos table. His humor, his charm would be missed by his younger siblings. Miriam's husband Eliezer invested time and effort to memorialize his son, undertaking various projects to keep his memory alive. But it wasn't enough. Oriel was gone and his heart was shattered. He died five years after Oriel. While no tests could ever show it, even doctors agreed Eliezer had died of a broken heart. Miriam was now left without her trusted partner and closest friend. The loneliness was excruciating, but she made a choice. Onwards. Onwards. I must go on. Despite it all, she would remain present and available for her family. And then the unthinkable. Almost 12 years to the day after her son Ariel was killed, She looks out the window, and she sees men in army uniforms approaching her door. They knocked. Her second-born son, Ali Raz, was serving in the IDF. She refuses to answer the door. They knocked again. As she writes in her own words, In my mind, as long as they didn't enter and give me the official notice, my son was still alive, and I needed to hold on to that. But of course, it was short-lived. And she was informed, indeed, that Ali Raz was killed in a battle with terrorists on the Gaza border. Until that time, she says, I was sure that my other sons would not be harmed during their military service. I mean, how could tragedy strike me again? Miriam now had four grandchildren without a father, a young daughter-in-law suddenly a widow. She describes how she went through all stages of grief. Eventually, she said, I came to realize that I was powerless over what had happened. I could not bring back my sons. We don't get to decide when we are born, nor do we decide when we leave this world. But so long as I am alive, I have the ability to wake up each day and live a purposeful life at least that day. She goes on to say, How grateful would my son be if he can come back for even one minute, just one minute to hear his toddler son say, Abba. From that perspective, how could I not appreciate having another minute of life? Of course, she's the first to admit that it's not easy. There's no question that I would be justified staying in bed most days. And believe me, there are days in which I feel like doing just that. But I don't. I keep moving. There's so much I can do in life. I can speak. I can walk. How many people can't do that? Each day that I wake up in the morning, I must make the choice again. I will live. Today, Miriam Peretz is incredibly active. Every week she goes out and speaks to hundreds of IDF soldiers. She goes from city to city all across the Holy Land. She visits every bereaved family who suffered the loss of a loved one in the IDF. She volunteers her time for many worthy organizations. Her schedule is packed from morning to night every single day. And as I said, she's become a legend in Israel. She's well-known and she's beloved by Israelis of all types. People come up to the street just asking for a hug. They just want to be near this woman. Her smile, her patience as a way of opening people's hearts. Don't give up, she whispers while stroking a tear-filled cheek of someone else in pain. We have a choice to make each day. Some will be bad but many will be good. So keep on living. If I can do it, so can you. And with that, Miriam moves on, continuing her daily mission to live as fully as she possibly can. To appreciate the title of her book, written by Miriam Peretz, as Miriam's Song, is to appreciate the power and the depth of the Jewish soul, of the approach of the Jew that says, no matter what comes my way, I will not sit back and feel sorry for myself. I will continue to go out there and create music in the world. Sometimes, when it gets to be too much, you just have to sing. Sing and dance your way through the rain. Allow me to conclude with the story of Sarah Tahia Litman. The story takes back, goes us to 2015. Sarah was scheduled to marry her groom Ariel Bagel on November 16, 2015, three days before the wedding. It's Friday, November 13th. Her parents and her siblings, seven and all, were driving from their home in Kiryat Arba, Israel, to be near Beit Sheva, Sheva where their daughter's groom Ariel would be called and read from the Torah on his last Shabbos as a single man. It's called the Ufra. If he gets called to the Torah, it's a special occasion. It's traditional for the bride to have her final Shabbat as a single girl in the company of her friends, and so bride and groom, they don't see each other before the wedding. Sarah stayed home while her family made the trip to be with the groom for the Shabbat Chatan. Candies would be thrown at him when he would be called to the Torah with shouts of Mazel Tov. But it was not to be. The car was set upon by Arab terrorists who laid in waste for Jewish prey. The terrorists sprayed the car filled with the litmus. The bride's father, Rabbi Yaakov Litman, and her 18-year-old brother, Nathaniel were murdered on the spot. Her mother, a 16-year-old brother, and three young sisters, age 11, 9, and 5, were wounded. On Sunday, a day before her scheduled wedding, Sarah Tahia buried her father and buried her brother. Her wedding day became a day of mourning, part of shiva for her father and her brother. No wedding reception. No father to escort his daughter to the chuppah. No white gown, no flowers. No wedding filled with guests dancing for hours into the night. At least not this week. At the Sunday funeral, the poor bride was beyond hysterical. How does one cope with such horror? In her powerful, tearful remarks at the funeral, she turns to God and she says, God, I can't handle this one. I must give it over to you. It's too dark. It's too traumatic. It's too senseless. senseless. I need you, God, to take over from here. She and her groom postponed their wedding for two weeks, to November 29th. They printed an invitation with this biblical verse on the cover. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. I have fallen, but I have gotten up. I sit in darkness, but God is a light for me. But our dearest bride did more than just this. She felt that the only way she could dance at this wedding was if she had the entire Jewish people behind her. So she and her groom posted their wedding invitation on social media and she wrote, I'm inviting the entire Jewish world to this wedding. My dear friends, two weeks after her family was struck by this bitter, unfathomable blow, she was joined by thousands upon thousands of Jews. They came to Jerusalem's international convention center from all across Israel and in fact from all over the world synagogues from every part of the world selected a representative of their synagogue to fly to Israel to represent their synagogue at this special wedding to wish a mazel tov to dance with the groom and bride to offer love the wedding was simultaneously broadcast live on the webcast so we were all able to watch and we watched Sarah and Ariel get married that night in Jerusalem. Like many in the audience, we shed tears watching that emotional chuppah. And we sang along, watching this heavenly, otherworldly dancing at this wedding. What a people, what a nation. Sometimes, when it gets to be too much, you just have to sing. Sing and dance right through the rain. Dear friends, whatever our individual circumstances in life may be, Let us not see our struggles and our challenges as impediments and obstacles to our achieving a true sense of happiness and fulfillment in life. On the contrary, let us see them as opportunities to propel us to newer and greater heights in all aspects. If a woman like Miriam Peretz can get out of bed every morning and find a way to battle through her sorrows and burdens to make music in this world, music that brings joy into her life and to the lives of her children, her grandchildren, and to thousands of others, What's our excuse not to? If Sarah Littman can get up from Shiva and dance at her wedding, what's our excuse not to? No matter what grueling challenges we've been handed, let us reach deep down into the reservoirs of faith, of courage, of resilience that are innate to the Jewish soul, and let us galvanize that power to sing and dance right on through the rain. And very soon, we will merit the ultimate sunshine as the clouds will be lifted, as darkness will be turned to light. And we, in the micro of our personal lives and the macro of us as a people collectively, we will celebrate the coming of the righteous Moshiach. May it happen speedily in our days. Thank you. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend, storiestoinspire.org.